hey, hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. This is the September Roundtable. My name's Gary. My name's Matt. My name's Maria. Jordan's here somewhere, and... My name's Adam. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Jordan is here somewhere. I, I suppose I should do an impression to sound like Jordan's like, uh, uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I could fill in for Jordan so easily. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel someone's going to get a slap. Yeah. <laughs> when you said that, then my internet started work. Oh. So here we are at the September roundtable. And as you'd expect, we have some technical gremlins. As always, one of us uh, has some some ropey internet. It's Jordan's turn this time. So Jordan might sort of dip in and out. It's because it's raining and I live on an island. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of the five doctors with the, the fourth doctor trapped on the time. <laughs> We're all here, but one of our incarnations is trapped. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it's like. We so, must make, it, make our way to the tower to save him. <laughs> Jordan's with us, but he might sort of duck in and out, depending on how his, on how his uh, two cups join together with some string hold out. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, we hope you're keeping well. Dear listener, welcome back to another month. It's good to have you here. Hope you're keeping well and safe and that you've all managed to do something Doctor Who related. Related. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, on this month, we're going to go through, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of bits of news and updates. Uh, if there are any, we've got an event roundup to cover very quickly. Jordan and Maria were over at the BFI recently to the Five Doctors event. No private invite needed. They just bought the tickets and rocked up. So they're going to talk about what they got up to over there. And then we're going to crack on with our monthly theme, which is we're thinking about people who want to dive in and do a Doctor Who marathon slash binge watch slash watch through, but don't necessarily have the time to watch every single story of every Doctor, blah, blah, blah. So we've gone through each Doctor and we've each, we've each picked out an episode that we think would be a good one to watch for that doctor that doesn't involve lots of big heavy exposition doesn't need you to watch um you know every other episode in that run you don't have to read a book you know to understand it all and big finish and everything so yeah a collection of stories that you can put together um throw a list together and watch some good old doctor who from start to finish and it's also um as we're coming up to November now, November is creeping up very quick. It's also a cool time to to dive into those things, you know, and, and do a bit of a bit of a watch from beginning up to where we are now as we run into the newer stuff that's about to land. How are you all? Let's go to uh, Maria. How have you been? Uh yeah, I've been good, Gary. Um I've I'm still doing my Hartnell rewatch so i watched the um celestial toy maker last week um which uh which was 
It's a it's a weird one. I mean, I, I because I think it's quite a visual story. I I find it quite hard to kind of know if it's a good story or a bad story because you're listening to people doing things. Um, so I think I like it, but I would love to see more episodes come back so I can be sure. Um, I like Michael. Is it Michael Goff? Is that how you say his surname? He's he's good in it as the celestial toy maker. I do like him. Um, and the fourth episode that we do have, um, I'm not sure about all the hopscotch game and everything that they're doing. But, um, yeah, I watched that. Um, it's another one off the list. And onwards and upwards. I think the next one is the gunfighters. Uh, I think so. I'm looking forward to that one. But uh, yeah, I did. I've done that, and um, I did a little thing. Like I went to the BFI, as you said. Um, went to see the Five Doctors, um, which I was really excited about because um, I was, you know, there was a mad rush to get tickets uh, when the when the booking line opened. So I was really pleased um, to see that. Um, it was a fantastic event. Um, there. There were people there that I've been dying to see for years. So um, I've never met Janet Fielding, never met Peter Davidson. I've I met Sarah Sutton before, but it was lovely. I mean, we had the opportunity to meet them uh, after the screening, um, have their photographs taken with them, have um, autographs. They were charging for selfies, actually, um, but we didn't mind. It was a fantastic, fantastic event, even though I had to wait an hour to to go to go and see them um it was it was fantastic I'm not going to say anything about the actual screening except to say that it looks fantastic on the big screen there's some special effects on there that they've added in um that make that you know really add to the what's already there um they've tried not to make it um you know, too modern. It's of it's of its time, so it's got some effects that actually improve it, probably for what it is at the time. But yeah, no, it was a it was a really good event. I think it was it was almost packed out. There were a couple of seats there that were empty. So when you see empty seats, you're kind of thinking, I wish they could have filled them, you mm. know, with other people. But um, but no, it was it was a really good um, event. It was it was the it was the one thing that I've probably looked forward to um, with all these BFI events that I really wanted to see. And I would have been gutted if I hadn't been able to go. Um, and everyone that was there seemed to have a really good time. Um, everyone was enjoying the screening. Um, there was lot. There was lots of, um, uh, there, there was lots of uh, people kind of um, laughing at, certain points in the in the screening um you know at some of the lines um and it it is quite an interesting experience when you're watching it with other people because um you know there are lines in there that you may be you're not sure are funny but when other people are laughing you're (laughs) laughing as well so um yeah it was it was um it was a really good event um I will be doing a write-up for it for the uh for the podcast um for the for the website as well nice that sounds good adam and i were absolutely gutted about that one because um, yeah yeah i mean it's a bit difficult for adam obviously um not being in the country at the minute but a um, little bit far yeah (laughs) yeah but it was such a popular story even though you said a couple of seats were empty um there was no way i was going to get a ticket for that and then yes you reminded me maria for the millionth time that i should join the bfi and become a member and do all that well it is 
Even that doesn't guarantee your seats now because they have that super membership thing, whatever that is. But those empty seats are probably the ones they give out to the BBC lot. You know, they give out seats to people involved in it and maybe they didn't turn up. BBC comp tickets, I would imagine. Oh, sure. Yeah. Or somebody yeah. who or somebody who couldn't get on the train because they weren't running or something like that. But what what was the um what was the panel like, Maria, with Davo and uh Janet and Sarah, because those three together are normally great fun. And I, I imagine they were brilliant on stage, weren't they? Yeah. So so um Janet Fielding um came up first and she sat in the middle and then um she had Sarah Sutton to the to the left of her and then Peter Davidson came on last. And then, you know, there's that banter um between Janet Fielding and, and Peter Davidson. They were kind of they were kind of constantly bantering with each other you know Janet's very quick you know she's she's very quick she'll kind of she she'll bring him up short if he says something so they were (laughs) so eventually she ended up um, sitting on the edge and then Sarah Sutton sat in the middle between them because she she said that's normally her space you know so they kind of keep separate from each other but no it was a very it was a very good um it's a very good panel um you know it, it was in it was interesting to kind of hear them talking about um you know the era and you know what it was what it was like kind of recording at that time um you know and I think I think what was interesting was um you know Peter Davidson said that um if his third season had been if 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 his if all his run had been as good as the third season he would have he would have probably stayed another another year he kind of he kind of said he did say that but then I think in the end he said you know he was glad that he'd done the three years because um you know that he felt that was the right um right length for him and he was he was worried about um not not getting employment afterwards and I think I think I don't think um from the comments that uh he said that he actually had any trouble because I think he no, he's straight. done loads since He's done loads. I mean, um, one of the things that um, Janet Fielding said was that he's normally got two or three series on the go and he actually agreed. You know, he's always an Mm. actor that's busy. He doesn't want to be, you know, he's not sitting around on his laurels. He's always, um, he's always got something in the pipeline. And I think at that particular time as well, you know, he was quite a popular actor. In, yeah. you know in spite of Doctor Who so he was he was busy working I think it was um Janet that said she had difficulty finding parts afterwards you know because they didn't really write they weren't really writing good parts for women um at that time so you know she she obviously struggled a little bit you know mm. with with trying to act afterwards yeah didn't she mm. just turn 70 I didn't realize Janet Fielding was 70 years oh so it's amazing yeah, they did, and um, I think that I think Janet got quite embarrassed at one point because um, they got the audience to wish her a happy birthday. So we all did the happy birthday to Janet, and I think I think it um, she was slightly embarrassed about it. And then they brought her out, a, you know, a lovely bunch of um, flowers as well. Aww, so cool. you know, which was nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And there was there was a guest that was meant to come that um, didn't, which was Eric Saywood, which I didn't know, but um, he would have been due to come, but unfortunately he had to pull out. But um, yeah, they had um, who did they have? They had David Banks. Uh, I think there was uh, Mark, is it Mark Hughes that were Cybermen? Mark Haddy. 
Mark had Mark ha- might be might be uh, I don't know I'll have to check but um David Banks was there as well and there was a couple of other people from that had worked on the um Blu-ray and there was somebody that had worked in production as well so you know they had quite a few quite a few people there um you know because obviously it was one big screening you know it was a 90 minute screening so they had things in between but um yeah it was it was it was good I mean they they spent quite a long time talking to people um and the uh, you know and the panel with Peter and Sarah and Janet was quite a long one as well I think they did about an hour with that one because people were keen to ask a lot of questions as well yeah it's a popular one isn't it yeah um Okay, that sounds really. Oh, it was David Banks and Mark Hardy. Oh, that, Mark that, Hardy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that has sounds really good. Got, has everyone got their season twenty box sets now? Oh yes. Because yep. I had a heart attack um, because mine. I got the email saying it had been delivered by Royal Mail because they track it, and I got my neighbour to pop over. I said, "I'll just go and grab that so I know it's safely in the house." And she, she was like. I've looked everywhere. I've looked under the tables. I've looked in behind the gate. I can't find it anywhere. I'm like, what? And then um, I tracked it and I forget they take a photo of where they've left it. And it's been shoved half hanging out of my neighbor's door. (laughs) And I'm like, so I'm just hoping it's not been crushed Mm. through the letterbox. But I won't know for another month because I'm not back in the UK till November. So it's like this anxious wait to find (laughs) out the condition of my season 20 box set. Because, yeah, I was just glad it hadn't been stolen because I, the, the, my neighbors didn't get home to like eight o'clock in the evening and i was like is my box set hanging out of your letterbox and like yeah it's been shoved halfway through i'm like okay so God. yeah it should be all right i know yeah hopefully hopefully yeah. it's a wonderful set as well this one yeah it looks great Very nice. yeah yeah they're all coming together now i've got a f- it's almost crazy because it doesn't seem like that long ago they started making these but i think it's been what four years three or four years now they've been coming out five years maybe mm. um are we halfway through now are we about halfway yeah through? just over halfway through yeah and when yeah. um when i slotted this one into its pre predetermined gap on the shelf mm. um i looked at all of them i was thinking wow if there's been loads <laughs> yeah a very a very satisfying feeling isn't it <laughs> adding yeah. it yeah there it is yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> um okay so BFI sounds very cool. Jordan's not here, otherwise we would have got we'd have grabbed his um his thoughts on it as well because he was there with Maria. Those two getting absolutely smashed, I assume, at the after party. Who knows? Probably. Um, they're probably hanging all over. Yeah, all well, over. Maria, you know, Maria went dressed as Tegan, didn't you? Didn't you have the full Tegan yes. outfit on? Cosplaying, yes, I, sweet. I did on the hot on the hottest day that we've had for a few days. <laughs> I was absolutely <laughs> boiling, and amazing because the I, I've got like a little top that obviously goes over the, uh, underneath the jacket, and it and it's got it's one of those ones where you kind of sweat the minute you put it on. And I, I was in two minds. I thought, shall I do this or shall I not? And then I thought, I'm never, I'll probably never get another chance to kind of. Um, wear it because obviously Janet Fielding was going to be there so yeah um, I, I wore it I was really happy actually it turned it turned into a bit of a talking point between me and Janet so that was nice actually she she Sweet. really liked it yeah that's cool yeah and, and who not- did Jordan go as well Jordan. 
he went as Jordan. Um, he, Letting the side he was, down. He, yeah, well, he was he was gonna he was gonna um, wear his fourth Doctor scarf because he said he had one, and um, but I think it was a bit too hot. So Dave you know, wouldn't have him. liked that. Davison wouldn't have liked that at all. Lucky escape. He says in his. Yep. He says in his biography, the one thing he hates is people coming, <laughs> anything to do with the fourth doctor, people coming dressed up as the fourth doctor. Yeah. He got a lucky well, escape. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. When Jordan pops back in, we'll, we'll get his quick thoughts on that. But um, Matt, how have you been, buddy? Yeah, I've, um, I've been very well. Thank you. Um, I was, I was thinking just, just before we started recording, I was thinking, what, what Doctor Who stuff have I done this month? But I've actually, thinking about it done quite a bit i've i've had myself a little geek geeks handbag-esque bnn hunt i was um, going to ask these, you how you'd got on with that uh, yeah for this impossible to track down tardis um have you got one no oh no man. i haven't oh, no man. the hunt goes on i in limited tardis sets in one weekend i went to 10 bnms Oof. um yeah yeah um i said i said to the missus i said I'll, I'll only be a couple of hours i got back at like eight o'clock at night she was not happy she was oh, not happy because <laughs> no. you're going out said, looking for well, toys well basically they're not toys gary they're collectibles <laughs> <laughs> you tell him <laughs> yeah well i mean i just uh if i see one more b&m without a TARDIS I think I'll cry so I'm giving it a rest for a minute and I'm hoping to um get lucky on on the next there's um next there's time about six or seven of those sets in the B&M round the corner from me that's there <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I believe my my connection is uh is fading I think I'm gonna have to leave I'm afraid <laughs> I'm not hunting no, I've not hunted them for ages, the old B&M sets. It's a bit of a circus, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, and uh, it's the first time I've really, really wanted one of the sets because I think it's, with the new design on the uh, packaging, it's it's lovely. And um, the Ultimate So um, variant on the Sixth Doctor's coat, it's, yeah, it's really nice looking set. And the price was good as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went into one and uh, I asked a lady there, um, who was who was stacking the shelves? She said, uh, "I said, oh, have you got the new TARDIS set in?" And she looked at me and almost laughed and said, "No, you've got no chance." Um, we had about eight or ten come in um, this morning. I stopped them myself, and within half an hour, two people had taken the lot. Somebody had come in oh, and got yeah. two, which I thought was fine. You know, that's what I was planning to do. I was planning on getting Adam one and myself one. Um, and yeah, the other person came in and nabbed eight and even said, you know how much money I'm going to make on these on eBay. So I was thinking I was fuming. They actually B&M put a tweet out the other day about the, about the doctor who says, and the amount of abuse they got in the comments <laughs> were like, people were just screenshotting uh, eBay and the prices they're selling for. And like, you know, what is the point that there is no joy mm. looking for these sets anymore. It's just, um, it's so annoying, isn't it, Matt? Have you managed to pick yeah. up even the Dalek sets? Or you... No, no. So you haven't got any of them? Oh. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed, but yeah, it's, uh, I could I just came across like, a lot. <laughs> I can imagine Matt going into B 
B&M number seven, just looking absolutely miffed. And look, I'm just going to get straight to the point. Do you have these or not? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I want to be here for half an hour. Do you have them or not? Let me have a look. I'm out of here. See you later. Exactly. And and the the, the, the thing with B&Ms is they organize it in a way where you have to walk through the entire shop to get to where mm-hmm. the Doctor Who sets are. And then there's people that aren't, aren't uh, you know, privy to the fact that you've already been to eight today <laughs> and they're just doing their shopping and you want to just get in and get out and you can't go to the till because they've locked it off and you look, they look at you suspiciously when you haven't bought anything and you walk out and you're like, well, if only you knew what I've been through today. <laughs> I, remember, yeah, I remember the... Oh, absolute hell holes. Yeah. I remember yeah. when B&M first started doing these sets a while ago. What was it a couple of years ago now? I can't remember. But, um, and I was interested in the first couple they did. I remember phoning one of the B&Ms and uh, a, a lady answering. And mm-hmm. when I was asking them about, do you have these latest Doctor Who sets in? She just put the phone down, but she didn't put me on hold or anything so I could hear her talking to a colleague like Sandra do we have any of these new Doctor Who sets in and you could just hear a colleague what what are you talking about these Doctor Who sets I don't bloody know what's a Doctor Who set you know the program you know so these two are having a full-on sort of debate about what Doctor Who is in the first place let alone do they have the sets in and then uh, she just left you know I was on hold for like I don't know 10 11 minutes she just went off so I was thinking about hanging up and she come back and she just went no, we don't have those, I'm afraid. <laughs> After all that, I was like, all right, thank you, bye. That was like your phone bill just wrecked listening to them to talk about Doctor Who. Ah, oh, the old B&Ms. Love them. Yeah. Tricky. Fun, Tricky to say fun the and least. Games. Fun and games, yes. But, um, um, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Matt, are you done, dude? you done with oh, your... Well, like, I can be. I was just going to say, um, apart from that, I've just been watching a lot of... Um, uh, more classic here. I've gone through the first Doctor and about halfway through the second Doctor now. Just finished the Web of Fear um, the other night. Um, it's a bit more slow going. I had a lot of free time back along when I just completely con- um, concentrated on the first Doctor and just rinsed all of the episodes through there. Um, and I'm just loving it. I'm just so much more of appreciation for the first two doctors um so far and it, it's oh, the companions as well um and, and realizing how little i've seen of the, the the actual earlier days um so everything a lot of it is coming in fresh and um yeah i'm blown away by some of it i mean some of it can be a little bit of a like you get to episode three on some stories and it can be a little bit drawn out, but uh, <laughs> you stick with it. And and they've all got, every story has had something engaging and enjoyable from it, no matter how, you know, on the whole it may be perceived. Um, and, uh, yeah, finally, just the last night, I, um, un, un, um, what would you call it, packaged the new Season 20 box set. Um I was I was up and R and I wanted to keep it sealed, but I wanted to see the stuff and I was oh okay, I'll rip it open. Um so I, I've I've done it and I put in straight away the five doctors, 40th anniversary. Jordan was saying, You've got to watch it, it's great. And I wasn't disappointed. It was it there I won't say too much, but like Maria said, it's tastefully done, but the effects, they are um they're lovely, they're they're beautifully done. Um 
and the picture looks crystal clear. I had it on a 4K telly um, on the PlayStation 5, so it was like top um, requirements, and it looked lovely. It, there, was a, there was a couple of bits. I think the only part is they've reanimated um, where the... I can't remember what he's called. You know the silver... The Raston robot. That's it, the Raston robot, thank you. Um, where he jumps, there is a new effect, and there was just two bits where they've missed it. They've missed the effect in oh. two two jumps, but that was really? it. Really? Yeah. What do, you mean, what do you mean they've missed it? So um, in t- two of his jumps in the middle of his sort of scene, when he's attacking the Cybermen, um, he jumps and there's no new effect so he just jumps, disappears, oh, and reappears. We need replacement discs straight away. He's not even, he's not even got his set. Ruined when we it saw now, it in the Matt. BFI. Ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> you noticed it in the BFI, Jordan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so that means they've... Because obviously they have all the people involved in, in it there. They probably were looking thinking, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably a bit of bad language going on in the back row somewhere. I should oh, imagine. Just imagine they looked at each other like, uh, <laughs> "Did you okay this bit?" Kind of. Russell Minton's like <laughs> bursting through the door. What the hell's going on? Yeah. Marquez is hiding behind a, a stereo deck. Oh no! <laughs> Very quickly, to be fair. Um, Jordan um, Maria gave us the rundown on the Five Doctors BFI event. Yeah, um, but your internet crashed out uh, just very quickly. Did you think that was a cool event? Was that a good one for you? I did. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, good. Yeah, that was short. Okay, um. <laughs> to the point. Yeah, was it good? I, yes my or no? Was meeting Janet Fielding. That was my highlight. Oh, nice. So yeah, <laughs> very good. Okay, um, guys. She's tiny. She's tiny. She was really um, small, I mean, wasn't she? It, yeah. I um I mean it, maybe it didn't help that I was actually wearing like a wedge heel but um but yeah she's she's Maria tiny in real towering life. over her yeah we yeah. saw your picture Maria yeah, yeah. <laughs> got the heels but on she seems oh, so how tall are you Jordan uh six four Jesus six four and she's mm. probably like two foot six so <laughs> <laughs> careful oh. she does listen. Oh yeah, mm, sorry, sorry Janet. Janet. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the bloke that took the picture was like, so like, leveled the camera, and then was like, "Oh, hold on," and had to like take like three <laughs> steps back so he could get both of us in. <laughs> like just cool, hit that cool, 0.5 it? button would have been fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, I've done something foolish. What? Yeah. Okay. So got to press record. <laughs> <laughs> i've only ever done that once before thank you yeah. <laughs> i did though remember very early on back yes. in the day adam there was one episode we yeah. were like 20 minutes in i'm like mate we need to do this all again because i didn't press record and you can see uh, these beads of sweat of, of like oh should i should i tell him or should i just carry on <laughs> yeah adam was not impressed with me on that day the hounds of hell were released on that day um yeah so i was casually looking through my rss feed that comes in and i've just i just basically bring in a bunch of doctor who news sites and everything just to keep up with what's going on and the other day it popped up that they're re-releasing episode uh, series one to four remastered Ooh. blu-ray 
And I had absolutely no intention of ordering it at all because I've got it twice already. Um, I clicked through and then I don't know what it was, but it was like another power was uh, taking control of my right arm and it was moving my mouse around. <laughs> and then before I, before I know it, it's like, this has been added to your basket. And I'm like, this is absolutely nuts. I've only added it just to see if it's available. It's probably not. Oh, it is. Okay. And then before I know it, I'm putting the payment information in. It's all gone through. <laughs> that happened to you too. Well, why have I done that? <laughs> why on earth have I done this? It, this is this is clearly a problem, right? This is a problem for sure. Well, because, um, oh, I think you need to give a prize away to someone, then, don't you? You need to you need to dig into that prize box and and dig out some Blu-rays. Then I've probably got a busted old Dalek toy somewhere. Give that away. Um, <laughs> Dalek tattoo these days. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, so yeah. Where gosh. is Dalek? Where oh, is Dalek tat? Dalek tat. We could pop we pop some bubble wrap around him, couldn't we? <laughs> Just wheel him off somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, guys, I don't know what to do. I mean, yeah, I'm very happy with the with the old original DVD box sets I've got and the ones I've got on Blu-ray already. I think the ones that are on, that they released on Blu-ray a few years ago. They weren't remastered. They were just upscaled, just to fit the, the kind of yeah. And the time rate, the time what's they call it, the time frame rate frame frame rate was wrong yeah. on it. The frame rate, that's it, is not right on the early ones, which bugs the hell out mm. of me. Um, which is making me tempted to get the new issues as well. Oh. But isn't it annoying? Why <laughs> why have we got to pay for something that they they buggered up yeah. in, in the first place? You know. Yeah. So now triple dipping. On the old, um, yeah. Well, um, the only good thing is I've just invested in a Blu-ray player. It's actually sitting in a box at the moment. I haven't opened it yet. It arrived yesterday. So the thing is, I I can undo all those mistakes that you've done in the past, <laughs> and I can buy everything as it should be, hopefully now. Well, yeah, this is okay for you. You can buy all the, the additions now as they're supposed to be, like the brand new versions yeah. and everything. Oh, crikey. So actually, you've got them available on uh, what used to be BritBox on ITVX now. So I've got all of the um, classic Who on there. You've got all of modern Who on BBC iPlayer here in the UK. So I've got all of these different bloody versions of them. And then I said to myself, why don't you just cancel it, Gary? It's very easily done. Just hop back in, cancel the order. You'll sleep all right tonight. But no, no, it's clearly a stupid bloody problem that we all seem to have <laughs> with Doctor Who merch. We should you know what will happen now, don't you? Is this this box set will turn up, and then they'll announce that they're doing them as like the next collection set. Oh, sure. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You'll oh, have like um, Christopher Eccleston series one will now be series twenty seven, and you'll think, "Oh no, I've just oh, bought them on like God. a big big box, and now I'm like quadrupled." Oh, um, quadruple dipping, dipping. yeah. <laughs> Although it is quite think, impressive, though, if somebody comes around and they're like, well, "You're into Doctor Who, aren't you?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm a little bit like it a little bit." Can you put an episode on for us? Come this way. <laughs> Come over to the bookcase and take your pick from all these different <laughs> versions I've got. <laughs> but the only danger with that is, though, is that you do fall into the territory of. Um, there's like two problems. These, like two, this is first world problems. I'm fully aware of this, but there are two additional problems that this lends itself to. The first one is how many of you have fired up Netflix or Amazon Prime or something because you want to watch something, and then about 45 minutes later, you're still 
swiping through or scrolling through because you haven't found anything. So you yep. just, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like that with Doctor Who. When you're in the mood to watch Doctor Who, it's like, hmm, what one to watch? Because in a roundabout sort of way, when Adam and I were going through all of our reviews, that problem was removed because we had a schedule, right? We're going to review this story. We had to go and watch that story. So it's kind of simple in that way. But if you're just in the mood for Who, it's the same thing. You can just sit there and stare at the bloody shelves a half an hour thinking <laughs> what but now it's like the additional problem of like well watch what version am i going to watch now do i keep it purist do i keep it sd and get the dvd out in all its sd glory or do i go high def do i go the newer one do i i don't know so this is not good but it's Probably also good in a way fan yeah, I'd love to see 4K releases. Oh, shut I, up, I, you! <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a new. Uh, there's going to be um, in a few years' time, there'll be some really snazzy AI algorithm that can upscale yeah. these things beautifully to 4K, and then we'll have to buy them again. And yeah. you oh. don't see Star Trek fans having this problem, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, Star Trek fans, you've had a couple of releases of um. The, at least the original yeah. stuff, right? That was released on Blu-ray, I think, or HD or something. Yeah, I think so. That the next generation. But if you're into Deep Space Nine, Voyager, or Enterprise, oh, your luck's out. They yeah. don't. They, you know, yeah. People don't care. So. Sorry, Star Trek fans. <laughs> yeah. Similar story. You'll never with, understand uh, what it's like being a Doctor Who fan. The, How many it's... versions of the five Doctors do we need? <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many versions of Sharda do we need? Mm, true. <laughs> mm. So yeah, um, please let me know, guys, if you do order it, so I'm not alone in this pursuit of craziness. I tell um, you what, if if Adam orders it, or any of our US listeners, we're going to have uh, they'll, they'll have a little bit of a decision to make um, mm. because the US release. I'm not sure if it still is, but when when it leaked earlier than our our version was announced it came with exclusive mini titan figures yes i saw that yeah but it's um it's got the wrong it's got the whitaker logo on it so i'm refusing to buy it uh, over here Adam, come <laughs> i on. want i want the diamond logo on it or i'm not buying it <laughs> i don't care if it comes with a titan i'm not buying it <laughs> i don't want that twiglet logo on it Right, would, you prefer, would you prefer that to change on the collection box sets as well? Well, no, no, yes, only would. because we would. Well, yeah, if we had the choice, like <laughs> it would look those collection Blu-rays would look so much nicer with the diamond logo. Um, but no, now they've released half of them with the Twiglet logo. Um, then we've just got to carry on with it. But the yeah, Twiglet I mean, imagine, logo. imagine Love looking on, <laughs> imagine Amazing. looking on your shelf and seeing those lovely Blu-ray sets with the diamond logo on the spine. You can't tell me that wouldn't look better. It would. But uh, no, we've gone yeah. too far down the rabbit hole now. We can't unless they reissue mm. them on 4K uh, with the diamond. Logo. Do you know what? That's but, not outside the realm of of possibility. Actually, you know, I think when no, all of these sets not. are finally done they're likely to do yeah. like a big massive collector's edition whole it will come in like a bloody hamper or something yeah yeah and it'll have everything in it and in you know so they will they like did afford them a mason's hamper of doctor <laughs> who yeah brilliant <laughs> that i want yeah and a cricket ball 
you know as well. But they did um, yeah, a sonic, a cricket ball, yeah, piece of celery, uh, please remove pineapple. before expiring, <laughs> <laughs> pineapple chunks, yeah, stick uh, of the celery. doctor's hand, uh, yeah, yeah, the whole lot. So that's not that <laughs> they do do that stuff now, and I remember they did that with the the Lord of the Rings. They did a whole um, big special collectors thing they called the Middle Earth Collection. It had all the films, the both the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, everything, and I think it was about like 300 pounds or something mm. that was only like six films but had like a load of extras and stuff but you know can you imagine like a i don't know probably about like 500 quid like mega limited 100 copies or 500 copies of it big old 4k jobby <laughs> oh god it's like the uh star wars um release uh it was i think it was 2020 um they had the it was like this Big, big cardboard, um, matte finish. Yeah, Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up, I, I did pre-order it, and and I was gutted because it arrived, and something had happened, something had squashed it. Um, and in the end, me. I, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was about to say, there's some things that never change. You could you could listen to episode one of this podcast, and you could listen to today's episode and adam's postman has never changed <laughs> still wrecking all of adam's stuff years yeah. on end shoving yeah. it through the wrong le- <laughs> box yeah <laughs> uh, anyway i just wanted to do this as a bit of therapy for myself just to get that out there and hoping that one of you guys would order it also but i think matt's gonna order it matt's not it uh, matt's on it he's all he's on it oh i've i've already done it oh, I, the, yeah. the the impulse uh, that you seem to have mysteriously awakened uh, when trying not to purchase it seems to have just somehow affected me also. I'm not sure how it happened. I was I was grabbing my other hand, trying to pull it away from the computer before I clicked, but pre-order now, and it just wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. It's catching, mate. It is catching. Yeah. Yep. Okie dokie. We should probably rattle on, shouldn't we, to our our main crux of the of the monthly episode it's been half an hour we've waffled on i gotta say or it will be a three-hour podcast like yeah. we were talking about <laughs> earlier it's like old times the early episodes you know, i just used to waffle about nonsense forever and then at the end we'll be like so what's the score for this episode i don't know five yeah so it's like 95 percent of it is just nonsense and then four percent <laughs> is about the actual episode so we are talking about um picking out a story for each doctor for the sake of our listener or whoever who wants to dive into a bit of a rewatch before the new stuff lands and um who wants to go first for the first doctor who wants to go first adam has got his hand up. no no i was gonna say let's go to jordan jordan go on dude <laughs> come on because i know he's got his list and he's he's been waiting to un- unveil it come on <laughs> um I, so i kind of I didn't struggle with it, um, but I did struggle with it. So I sort of went for a lot of them. I went with like the first story that I saw from each one. Um, So I'm hoping that this is kind of out of the box. I've gone for the War Machines as a first Doctor one. Yes. Um, I could have done the Aztecs. I could have done the Daleks or an unearthly child. But I think the War Machines is sort of ignoring the poor exit that Dodo gets. 
I think it is actually quite accessible for people because it's not the sort of stuffy crotchety first doctor. Um, you can see that he's sort of changed as it goes on. Um, and it sort of gives you an idea for what they're then going to do later on where the doctor gets exiled to earth. And it's that sort of format. Um, but I think the war machines is a really good, a really good story. It's, it's a odd one. It's not one that people I think necessarily think, Oh, I must go and watch the war machines. But I think it's actually a pretty decent first doctor story. Agreed. Yeah. That's a good yes. one. I, I'll get mine out of the way very quick because mine was also the War Machines. So <laughs> that was mine done. Yeah, we could have gone with the obvious ones like an unearthly child or that <laughs> stuff. But um, the War Machines, um, I thought was cool because um, other than the stuff going on with Dodo, you're right, Jordan, you do see a slightly different side to the Doctor in a few of those scenes and episodes. It's a bit like he's kind of coming around um, at this point to... Um, uh, to not being because in some of the episodes before that he's a real cheeky bugger you know there's a couple of scenes where he's a bit sort of underhanded ian catches him out on a few things and you know he's just a bit crafty and stuff but in this one you can tell that his intent was was there right from the beginning and it's a it's a solid story so yes agreed on the war machines um who's next i'll go 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 next go on in Mary, Matt, Mary, after you for choice now. <laughs> Go on, <in>, Maria. <laughs> okay. Um. So, originally, I kind of put down the Daleks because um, I thought that's obviously the first story of the monsters that we all know and love. But I changed my mind and I actually went for the Dalek invasion of Earth, mm. and the reason being is I think it's. Uh, Oh, no. We've lost Maria. That was a hell of a cliffhanger, wasn't it? The reason being, to be continued. Tune in next month for Maria. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, While Maria's reconnecting, Matt, do you want to go, dude? Yeah, of course. Um, So I had a couple, but I'm going to stick with the Space Museum. Oh. Oh. Why is that? (laughs) Well... I think it's really fun, and I think it's ahead of its time hmm. um, in a lot of ways. Uh, the A lot of ideas um, with the whole sort of concept of the, the, the trouble with time travel, um, the dangers of it, uh, were explained for the, probably the first time in, in that uh, story. Um, I also think everybody gets their moment to shine in, um, in this one. And... Uh, yeah, I, I I think the whole I, d- I didn't think during the whole thing that there was any sort of lackluster moments, any filler moments. Mm. Um, I just thoroughly enjoyed it all the way through. Um, the other one would have been Planet of the Giants, um, which I thought was just really easygoing and quite funny, <laughs> especially when they're about to fall down the plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, cool choice, dude. Okay, okay. Um, I'm actually glad Matt's picked that one because the Space Museum is the one that I always overlook. I always forget how much I like that story. Uh, even yeah. now, tonight, when we've made the list, I haven't put it on there because I, I always skim past it and forget it. It's a, that's a great choice, Matt. It's a good one. 
Yeah, sketch out. Very overrated. Yeah, yeah. very underrated. I think the, the first episode in particular of that one is very good. Yeah. You did make me panic, though, then, Matt. I must be the only person who panicked because I couldn't find the Space Museum on my shelf. And then realised, oh, hang on, it's in the Series 2 box set. It's in the box set, yeah. I'm looking at the DVDs. I'm like, oh, my God, where's the Space Museum gone? <laughs> Being um, a Doctor Who collector, oh, my God, I'm missing one. Yeah. <laughs> Has anything been stolen, sir? Uh, yes, very specifically, the Space Museum. The Space Museum. Yes. <laughs> but the second release, the not the first release. The Space Museum gone. <laughs> they left the PS4 officer, they left the television and all the jewelry, but they have taken the space. Yeah. <laughs> Maria, if you can hear us and you can you can talk, you're on mute by the way. So unmute. Here we go. What was your choice? You get left a bit of a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I uh I chose the Dalek invasion of Earth. It, it's a story that I've gone back to a few times and I, I think the reason is it actually has a really good premise, the idea of the Earth being invaded in the future by the Daleks and just the way that it kind of draws you in, you know, the way the TARDIS crew are kind of drawn into the story. You know, they don't they know that it's not present day Earth. You know, they know that it's something in, you know, that they know they eventually learn that it's it's, a, you know, it's happening in the future. You know, and some of the direction I find is really really impressive you know the way the Dalek comes out of the water there's bits there's bits later on where you see the characters running through the streets of London or running around you know Bedfordshire and I just I just find it um a really impressive story I mean it kind of builds with its characters you get to know each of the characters you have you know you, you get to um you know feel sorry for some of them as well um you know not not a lot of people actually survive in the story as well there's only a few that survive and i i find the ending when susan leaves i i kind of forget how genuinely moving it is as well and i always get a lump in my throat um at the end of it and it's kind of unexpected really i i, I kind of i know she's leaving but i kind of forget how moving that moment is and and then you've mm. got the doctor's speech at the end about you know he'll that he's going to come back one day um I, f I just find it a really impressive story and i love the fact that it's set on earth and you know there's lots of there's lots of recognizable um characters in it and you know and the struggle the struggle between different characters you know um you know some people you know you don't know what their motives are and you know you you get really different shades of people in that story so i, I it's one i go back to um i've been back to a few times i just really enjoy watching it very good very good wow. adam what was your choice dude well i can't believe nobody's picked the web planet i mean what's wrong with you lot it's obviously the perfect introduction to Arnold. No, I, I shouldn't have let Jordan go first because I, I had written The War Machines. It is, it is and always has been one of those stories that I just think is is cracking. I love it. I think it's got mm. so many good moments in it, like Hartnell gripping his lapel. So there's not much more I can say that Jordan did say. It's just a good story, I think. It it feels classic 60s who as well. The, you know, the War Machines themselves are so bulky and clumsy and it's such a classic sort of, you know, I don't want to say rubbish because that undermines it, but it's just very much of its time, but I love it for it. Um, but if I could just quickly throw in, because Jordan did say um, War Machines, and so did you, Gary. I do think the first episode of An Earthly Child, although it's an obvious 
one. I still think it's a fantastic piece of science fiction television. So I'd recommend anybody to watch the first episode. But then, obviously, Tribe of Gum, they probably want to not bother with that. <laughs> but uh, but the first episode, An Earthly Child, I mean, it is it's superb and it is some mm-hmm. piece of crazy television and um so maybe i'll go for that as everyone else's okay. well a couple of you have already picked war machines yeah nice good choices there dudes um mm. let's get on to the we're gonna have to rattle through these a little bit quicker yes, we will yeah <laughs> so let's get on to the second doctor then who wants to go first well let's stick with the same order jordan second doctor uh i've chosen the mind robber for the second oh. doctor Oh no, am I? <laughs> is it just going to be? I'm just going to pick every single one that everybody else has picked. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, it's fun in the same way that the War Machines is quite different. And I think the, the good thing about the Mind Robber is if you don't like one episode, then it's all right because the next episode will be. You know, you've got Medusa in one, you've got D'Artagnan in another one. You know, there's different different things happening in each one. But similarly to, like, the first episode of An Unearthly Child, I think the first episode of The Mind Robber is probably one of the best episodes, standalone episodes, of certainly classic Who, if not all of Who. Mm-hmm. And it's just the Dr. Jamie and Zoe in it. Yeah, true. Okay. That's a belt of a story, yeah, nice one. Okay, my choice on this one is going to be the Ice Warriors. The Ice Warriors. (laughs) Because uh, I think it's a great, scary story. I think it's one of those um, Troughton stories that, other than obviously Troughton sporting a very fetching, big, fluffy winter coat through some of it, um, which changes up the look a little bit. I think the Ice Warriors themselves were done very, very well. So up at this point... The um the the villains that we've had have been the 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 big ones, if you like. So Cybermen, um, the Daleks, etc. So to throw in a brand new villain, if you like, uh, with the Ice Warriors is really cool. So um, and I think Jamie's very good in this one as well. So my pick is the Ice Warriors. Uh, Maria. Okay. Um, I, I'm not going to say that I was torn. Um, with the second doctor but I was but I eventually (laughs) went with um, (laughs) how can I not be Um, I kind of I kind of looked at my list actually and um, I'm kind of surprised at how much I'm kind of going for monster stories but I don't know why but they just appeal to me so uh, um, I went um, eventually for the invasion Um, again it's a kind of modern day story modern modern of the time and I, I just, I just, that's another one that I actually really enjoy. It's, you know, it's set in London. There's lots of iconic scenes in it, um, you know, with the Cybermen. Um, yeah, and it's got Zoe in it. Um, it's got Jamie in it um, and the second Doctor, who are actually a really good team together. So um, that was the one that I kind of chose, but I was torn. I would have probably picked the Tomb of the Cybermen or Web of Fear because I like those as well. Mm, cool uh the invasion so the first time we see unit right is it the invasion we the first unit story i think so could be wrong is it oh, well, i think it's it might be the first time they're mentioned as unit but we see brigadier in the web of fear don't we 
Uh, oh yes, yeah. So this must be the first time that yeah, unit itself is yeah. Mm, oh. But it's not brigadier, then I don't think. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Uh, okay, eight parts though, Maria. Jesus, get comfy for that one. <laughs> I think it's eight parts. It's either six or eight parts. Yeah. Um, I think it's six. I think it's six. Okay. Uh, okay, uh Matt, your second doctor pick. Well, me and Maria must be on the same wavelength um, because my two choices uh, when we were going to do two was Tomb of the Cybermen and the Invasion. <laughs> oh. uh, so I'd, uh, I'm going to go Power of the Daleks. Power of Ooh. the Daleks. Mm. Okay. Um, difficult um, to watch that one. Difficult to, it is. to watch because they're all missing. So, um, wait, they've animated that one, haven't they? Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, yeah, the animated stuff. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. I'm I'm sure I watched it. (laughs) Okay. So, you picked an animated one. I was wondering when when the first pick was going to be for one of the animated stories. So, okay. Power of the Daleks. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm not, well, I haven't had time to think of the reason why, but, um, (laughs) I I liked the story a lot. Um, obviously you got the first ever consequences of a regeneration. And, um, I think Troughton does a fantastic job at feeling very alien, but also convincing that he is in fact the doctor, but he's not quite sure who the doctor is at the minute. Hmm. Um, the side, uh, the, the the supporting cast, um, Lesterton, um, the chief, and uh, the, the 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 scientist, the top scientist. I can't, I can't oh, remember their names, but I think it's Hensel. That's it, yep. Hensel. Um, they they all had great parts to play. Um, mm. Nothing was really, I feel, overacted. There was uh, not, you know. Uh, subwoofer shattering screaming uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah I just I, I really enjoyed it um, interesting the concept of the Daleks needing electricity I, I suppose they've been to um, static sorry static electricity to be able to move mm-hmm. um, and obviously that's very early on and I, I, I wasn't aware of that until watching this story Um and I suppose they've been upgraded, and and they don't they've moved on from static. But mm-hmm. it was yeah, it was a nice different angle um, of the Daleks that I got to see for the first time. I think very cool. Okay, uh, Adam, your pick. Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, I do agree with Jordan. It, mine was the mind robber because I I just think it is classic. It's so fun. It absolutely plays into. Uh, Patrick Troughton's strengths, you know, just so many fun moments in it. I love it when he has to put Jamie's face back together on that board. <laughs> uh, just things like that. He's so cocky. Oh, that's his nose. All right. And of course he gets it all wrong. That is just so second doctor. Um, I love the mind robber. I think it's, it's brilliant. And I love the fact that it was a kind of last minute story that they cobbled together and it, it turned out to be brilliant. Um, so yeah, I'll agree with Jordan on that. Very cool. Okay. Let's rattle through even faster now. The third Come doctor, on. Jordan. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm hoping Adam hasn't chosen this one. Well. <laughs> well, I'm going to say the demons. Bugger. The, the third doctor one. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, Why I order. I... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I really like the demons. I think it's sort of the quintessentially third doctory story you're in a creepy village you've got unit 
you've got the third doctor and Joe, who are one of the best doctor companion teams of all time. Um, Roger Delgado is fantastic in it as the master. And even though he's only in sort of the last episode and you've 70 special effects, not fantastically realized, but the threat of Azal is quite, is runs through the whole story. You do get the sense that, you know, Oh my God, something big is on its way. Um, so yeah, I think the demons for me. Cool. Uh, another quick one for me. I also chose the demons or the demons. Um, yeah, five rounds rapid. Bok, what a scene. And then, yeah, just the, the feel of that story is so cool. It's got like a very old school hammer horror-esque gothic kind of feel to it. Yeah, and um, and Pertwee is amazing in that one. So, yeah. Uh, Maria, third Doctor, pick. Oh, sorry. Sorry, my computer froze for a moment and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get back to the studio. Um, yeah, I, I chose one. I, I don't think anyone else will probably have picked it. The Curse of Peladon. Oh, and I, wow. I love that story. I really do. I think it's, um, uh, I'm all, I've always been fascinated when Doctor Who tries to do other planets and, you know, this is something that's quite self-enclosed. Um, you've got, political intrigue in it you've got them you've got a monster you know you've got Agador you've got the doctor singing a lullaby um it's it's one that I kind of feel is like comfort Doctor Who if I'm if I feel like I just want to watch something that's quite not not difficult to kind of follow and you know is quite satisfying I kind of watch um, the Curse of Peladon and I like it because it's the Doctor and Joe um there's a bit of romance thrown in there with um David Trout and um as king peladon so it appeals to me nice you haven't seen that one in yonks cool okay um matt i thought he's warming up for a big announcement here (laughs) (laughs) uh no i'm gonna go for terror of the autons okay Um, good shout it it may be a slightly obvious one but um for the for all the good reasons you got um, Delgado, uh, you've got um, let's see, uh, Katie and, and John, um, an amazing duo. Um, the Autons just such a, I don't know, they're such such a good villain. They're so creepy because they're everywhere. They're everywhere in modern day, um, and and yeah, it's, it's something like almost like the Weeping Angels. Stone stone um, angels are everywhere. That's great as well. Cool, Coolio. One that doesn't get a lot of love sometimes. Indeedy, yeah. Ads. Yeah, well, I mean, I I agree with Jordan Damon's. I'd picked because I just love the gothic vibe of it and the location and everything. Um, But just to throw another, you know, couple of good ones in there, I think Spearhead from Space, although it is um, a regeneration story and and it is purpose first, I still think it's, it's classic. It's got some great moments in it. And Three Doctors, I think, would also be a fun one for people to dip into just to see you know the banter between the third and second doctor yeah i think it's a real fun story and one that if you don't know a lot of who you could just easily sit back and watch so i'll throw them in the mix as well but damon's i think is a classic nice yeah no it's definitely a classic that one yes and uh yeah a couple of good robert home stories though terror of the autons and um uh and matt's choice uh, okay, so um, fourth Doctor picks 
Jordan, wow. you're up. Please don't anybody else have this one as well. <laughs> um, I've I've gone for one that's a little bit overlooked. I think I've gone for horror of Fang Rock. Oh, is the one I've gone for. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was umming and ahhing between that and Pyramids of Mars, but mm-hmm. I think I prefer horror of Fang Rock a little bit more. Uh, Pyramids of Mars goes a little bit south when they actually get to Mars. Um, but Horror of Fang Rock, it's actually really creepy. Mm. You, they're stuck on it. It's a fantastic set for a start. Um, and you're just sort of, you're literally stuck on an island. You can't get away. And you've got a monster that's just killing people off. And the doctor kind of doesn't know how to stop it. Mm. Um, and I think it's a fantastic one for Leela who I don't really think then for the rest of that series gets much to do. Um, yeah, true. But I think Louise Jameson kind of carries this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a very, very good, if you're looking for something that's a genuinely scary fourth Doctor story, I think Horror of Fang Rock is a very good choice. Good shout, dude. Yeah, and it's um, it's got a small cast, hasn't it? And it feels very mm. small and isolated. I think it's one it's one of the very few classic stories actually written by Terence Dix, right? I think it's um, Terence Dix story. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a great one. That yeah, good choice, dude. And it's a story where everybody dies. Everyone, <laughs> apart from the doctor, of course. Not uh, the doctor. Not the doctor. No. Yeah. Good choice, dude. Um, for me, my one is I've pretty sure i've selected adam's one here um my choice is the brain of morbius oh so the brain of morbius is one of those stories that again i've mentioned before has got that kind of old school hammer horror style vibe to it and um the the bant between the doctor and sarah jane are really it's really cool in this one you can tell that they were really firing on all cylinders in terms of yeah. their interactions and their bants and everything. And the story itself is just so intense, but it shouldn't be, if that makes sense. It's like a silly Frankenstein-esque kind of uh, old horror star. But um, uh, more than anything, Philip Maddock, who plays Dr. Solon, is so intense and amazing in it that he's really cool alongside the Doctor. So that's a real fun one. And doesn't require any big Doctor Who lore to to understand and dive into. It's a it's a real cool one. So, the brain of Morbius for me, uh, Maria, fourth Doctor. Uh, okay, uh, I went for the robots of death. I mean, there was so much to choose from, really, with Tom Baker, but uh, I think this is classic Tom Baker. Um, you know, he's in his prime. Um, it's in an isolated location, the sand miner. He's got Leela as his companion. They really vibe with each other really well. I, I love the supporting cast for the story. Um, you know, there's lots of character building with them. Um, you've got those beautifully designed um, robots. Um, I recently watched um, Voyage to the Dam, uh, Voyage of the Damned, and I just, I just kept thinking to myself, they're just ripping off the robots of death. Um, <laughs> mm. But they're just so beautifully designed, those robots, and and you know the way the way it gradually builds up. I mean, it's an Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie type story, which I love. Um, yeah, that that is a, a ten out of ten for me. That story, and I will 
I will always put that on and watch it. So I, I would definitely recommend that one. Nice. Very cool. Uh, Matt. So I'm going to go very um, out of the blue with this one. Um, the Sontaran Experiment. Ooh. Oof. Mm. Um, purely because I think it's just really fun. Um, the, and it's it's simple. Uh, there's no um, law to it. It's it's a simple game of cat and mouse. Um, there, you've got a beautiful location of Dartmoor. Sorry, a barren earth, thousands of years in the future. Um, and uh, yeah, it's the TARDIS team of Sarah. Um, the fourth doctor and Harry, I think it's hard to beat. They're, they're, fan- they're such a fantastic trio. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, obviously the, the classics on Tyrants, they're always, always high up on my list. I think Sontarans great villain. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a fun watch and it's not too long either. It's not like, it, it's not a six part or an eight part or, or, you know, something that you got to, invest a lot of time to so you, you you pick that if you want to watch some classic who but you still want to have an evening sort of thing yeah that's a good point yeah it's only a two-parter isn't it so under an hour's worth of mm. classic who nice choice dude adam yeah we're we're almost spoiled for choice with tom's era mm. aren't we and you've all picked good ones uh morbius was very close to being my pick you're right but i actually went with terror the zygons in the end ah. um because i just think it's it's absolutely classic and i think the zygons are great i think tom's good in it um and i just think it's a really good story that that balances that horror edge without going too far like the bit in the barn with harry and the pitchfork and that scary nurse woman and all. it's very close to the bone for the time uh, for family viewing, but I think the horror element of it, of Terror of the Zygons is brilliant. Um, and you've got Unit in there as well. Uh, yeah, it's just a good one. And also the music's different. I love the music in Terror of the Zygons because it's, um, although I love Dudley, uh, Terror of the Zygons is, oh, what's Jeffrey his name? Jeffrey Bergen. Jeffrey Bergen. Mm-hmm. And it's a lovely score. I'm just thinking of the end bit where they go back to the TARDIS, oh, that yeah. lovely flute mm-hmm. music and stuff. So yeah, Terror of the Zygons for me. Good shout. Dude. And it was filmed near me. Oh. Was it? Oh. Yeah. Wow. I've been to the village. I've seen the barn where Harry attacks Sarah. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's and it's pumps. not changed. It is exactly the same as it was then. Wow. See, I love it when locations don't change. But is the pub still a pub? That's the important thing. Or was it, it is, yeah. Yeah. Is it? It's, it's not what? called whatever it's called in that. It's called something like the fox goes free. It's not... Um, uh, oh. Oh, I suppose it's the Fox Inn, isn't it, I suppose, in Terror of the Zygons. So yeah. It's not too different. But yeah, that looks exactly the same. The whole the whole village looks exactly <laughs> the same. I'm putting it on my list now, Jordan, <laughs> of places to visit. But as is, you know, if you ever come down here, I'll go with you. That's fine. <laughs> Definitely. Sounds like a plan. <clears throat> Very cool. Yeah, and that's also one of those um, quintessential... Um, uh, awesome team ups you know of you know the robert holmes philip hinchcliffe era you know when they did those very mm, cool definitely. creepy dark epi- um stories for a while yeah yes. good pick on that one dude uh, right we're going to rattle through these even quicker now so when you give us your pick we need a 10 second summary of why you picked that one otherwise we will be here all night so the fifth doctor <laughs> jordan over to you oh 
<laughs> I want to say Earthshock because Adric dies, but that's, oh. I, oh. I, do you know what? I'm going to go with the visitation. <laughs> Bugger. <laughs> um, yeah, the visitation is an overlooked classic, I think. <laughs> Yeah, you're right there. So very quickly for me, my pick was The Visitation. Um, so for Jordan's, uh, it, it, exactly what you just said. It's it's a, a classic that is not a hidden gem, but I think sometimes does get breezed over uh, a little bit from time to time. And Adam and I had great fun reviewing this one on the podcast. So yeah, The Visitation yes. for me. Maria. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to have to go for Earthshock. I mean, it's oh, just... It's just a classic Davison story. I, I think I think there's just some really good lines of dialogue in it and the suspense in it is actually, re- you know, it builds up and it builds up until you kind of see who the villains are. I just, I, just, I love the pace of it. I love the way it looks. Um, Adric dies at the end, of course, but, you know, we'll... Spoilers, we Maria, cry. spoilers. Oh, sorry, we won't cry too much. He doesn't really die. He comes back later on. Poor Matthew Waterhouse. (laughs) (laughs) You see Jordan cheering in the camera there. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I just just think atmosphere-wise, I think it's one of the best stories um, from Mm. Davidson's run. I I just think it's just the way it's filmed is fantastic. I mean, Peter Grimway did a fantastic job with that very cool okay matt this doctor short and sweet um for rubbish reasons because i haven't seen hardly any of the fifth doctors run um apart from the visitation a long time ago i'm gonna go with the five doctors because i saw it yesterday and it was really good (laughs) fair dues buddy yep adam i mean the five doctors is just brilliant uh visitation is great too um i'm going to throw a bit of a curveball in though i'm going to go with resurrection of the daleks um although it's grim and everybody dies and maybe it's not the best one for people to dive into i love it i think it's a brilliant dalek story and i love davros in it and it's got that gritty location i just think it's a great story i love resurrection so i'll throw that one in but uh, secretly it was visitation (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's another two-parter as well isn't it yeah Sorry. <laughs> That's another two-parter. Yeah. yeah, so short and sweet, that one. Okie dokie. Sixth Doctor then. Old Sixy. Jordan. Sixy. I mean, there really is not a lot of choice for the Sixth Doctor. So I'm going to say some, well, one that everybody else is probably going to say. Revelation of the Daleks. Bugger. <laughs> I think it's really good. Another one that was filmed down by me, and I've been to the location. Um, but... I just really like it. I think I think the Sixth Doctor and Perry. I think it's probably their best story because they're not arguing the whole mm. way through it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's sort of then that you see the relationship change, and it's kind of sad that you've got uh, Revelation, uh, Mysterious Panic, and then she leaves in Mind Warp, and it's quite you know they've only just started being nice to each other. But I and I like Davros in Revelation. I think he's, you know, feeding people their dead relatives is quite a, <laughs> it's, well, yeah. it's a very dark thing, but it's, Grim. it's, you know, he, it's kind of one of those things where obviously that's wrong, but he has come up with a solution for universal hunger. So it's sort of like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to eat my dead relatives, but he has solved the problem. So it's like, although you've, you know, it's wrong, 
but you've done it. So it's it's kind of an interesting look at him, I think, at Davros. Yes, true. In yeah. no way do I endorse eating, you know, cannibalism. Oh, of course relatives. not. <laughs> no, no. Don't no. eat relatives. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my pick was Revelation as well, um, just because of the relation. Like you mentioned, Jordan, I think um, Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant are very good together in this one. Um, ridiculously long, unnecessary supporting cast, but overall, it's it's cool. And Davros is good. So, uh, Maria, Sixth Doctor. Uh, okay, um, I found this quite hard actually because his era is quite grim, really. Mm. And as Jordan says, there's not really a lot of choice in the stories. Um, I did go for Mind Warp. Um, in the end, um, I suppose. Um, as Jordan said, I think at that point, um, the relationship between the Sixth Doctor and Perry is a lot more settled, although although obviously we've got the trial and everything going on. But I, I actually just um, like it as a story because we've got, um, you know, it, visually I think it looks quite interesting. You know, they've obviously gone a bit mad with the colour palette. Um, but and you've got sort of Brian Blessed as um, Yukanos, and you've got the mentors and stuff like that. So there's some interesting stuff going on. Um, I mean, I remember at the time, obviously, when it first went out, um, the kind of shock of kind of losing a companion. Um, so it, you know, it always stands out in my memory for that. Um, but yeah, I think I think that would be the one I would I would pick. Gotcha. Colin Baker. Okay. Interesting one. That mind warp. How many parts is that? Is that four? Yeah. Uh, okay. Matt. You haven't seen yes. any of them. Um, Here we go. No, 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 I have. I yeah. have. Um, and I, yeah, I haven't picked any from season 23. But, uh, judge that as you will. Um, but <laughs> I'm picking, <laughs> um, I'm picking the two doctors. The two. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. For the, for, the image that sticks in my head of um, the amount of laughter I uh, had when Shokai and the second Doctor um, are sort of they're turning into I don't know what they're called um, they're, the second Doctor Andragons the the yeah second Doctor's getting turned into an Andragon um, absolutely brilliant he plays that part so well and I don't believe that. Um, the Sixth Doctor is as mean to Perry. Um, and it, yeah, it's just a fun watch. And the locations are beautiful. Very cool. Adam? Um, well, I, I'd pick Revelation, but I'll throw uh, Mark Lerani in there as something a bit different because I think that one's quite watchable. Um, it's got, you know, the, the Master and the Rani together are quite good fun. It is difficult with Sixty though, because whereas the Fifth Doctor... When I looked down the list of episodes, I was surprised how many I wrote down to try and pick from. He's actually got a lot more than I realised that are really good. With the Sixth Doctor, it was the absolute opposite. I was I was really struggling <laughs> to find a particularly good one. Um, but I think Mark Lerani and Revelation Daleks are two two standouts from his era. Oh, Pip and Jane, they love the Pip Rani, and didn't Jane, they? Yeah. yeah, bless them. Okie dokie, ten seconds each for your description or summary on your title. Seventh Doctor. Doctor. Jordan. I've gone for survival. Um, The first Seventh Doctor story I ever saw. 
Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred are fantastic in it. I don't think the cheetah people are as bad as people make them out to be. <laughs> and I think Anthony Ainley as the master is genuinely scary. I think this is probably his best performance is survival. And also the the lovely little speech at the end, right? Which oh, yeah, that's a good one the, as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rounds off the series. Yeah. Okay, cool. Nice one. My pick is The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Good choice. Yes. Oh, so you've got to do the rap now, Gary. <laughs> um, maybe after a few more drinks, we'll do the, we'll do the rap. But um, uh, a solid story just because it's bonkers, but it's also entertaining without being like the bonkersness of it doesn't interfere with it being entertaining, if that makes sense. So yeah, a really cool end. Um, McCoy is great in this one. Um, so yeah, uh, greatest show. Maria. Uh, I actually went for the same one, um, Gary. I went yeah. for the greatest show in the galaxy. Um, I I just think it's it's such a fun story. I mean, it's obviously got creepy clowns in it, and I don't like clowns really, but I think it's um it's a really well done story. I mean, you know, in spite of all the limitations that they had at the time with the strike and everything, it's it actually looks really impressive. Um, and mm-hmm. I love um Ace and the Seventh Doctor together. They actually they're actually really good together, and uh, yeah, I like this story very much. Cool. Yeah, nice one. Matt. <coughs> I'm going with Ghostlight. Hmm. Nuts. Um, I am denied about Ghostlight, actually, because I really like that one. Hmm. I think it's it's just um the 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 place that they've they've sh- uh, shot the scenes in, the uh, the location's brilliant. Um the progression in character um development with ace and uh uh mccoy is is fantastic um and ace has such a good part in this to play and it's creepy it's genuinely creepy light (laughs) (laughs) yes ghost light good pick adam uh i well i just love the mccoy era so bar about two stories i could pick any of them to be honest with you um i'd written down I thought everyone was going to go with Remembrance of the Daleks. I thought that was too obvious, but that would be my number one. I think Remembrance is superb as a story, and I think it's quite watchable for for anybody just as a standalone. But Curse of Fenric, I also just want to give a shout out to because it is a, a brilliant story, and it's a nice story for Ace as well, where, tying in with her meeting her mum and stuff. So Curse of Fenric, Remembrance of the Daleks, I can't really pick the two, but I'm going to go with Remembrance, I guess. I just think it's brilliant. Okie dokie. I loved Remembrance when I first watched it. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> One of my faves on first viewing. All I, can remember, all I can remember you saying is the Daleks are wobbling all over the place. They look <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think my only thought about Remembrance of the Daleks, because it, obviously it's a, really, it's, it, it's a classic story, but I don't really like the idea that the Doctor destroys Scarrow. Um, I think that's the only thing that um mm. that i didn't like about the story but the the rest of it is really you know it's an interesting it's interesting you know um you know you've got some really interesting um theme, uh, human characters i should say in that story um you know i i it's a good story it is a fab story yeah yeah, yeah good job yep. yep uh okay um do we need to go through McGann? There's it's only tough, one tough story we no, can. No, we all know. 
It's the movie. The movie. It's the TV movie. Chimes of Midnight. <laughs> Chimes of Midnight. <laughs> I, I went big finish as well. Oh. You're plum pudding, Mrs. Bagley. Very nice. Um, I went with Ravenous. Absolutely brilliant. Okay, oh, so the, the, the TV movie, um, it is what it is, right? So maybe we'll do a breakdown of that on a future episode. But um, yes, our pick for Paul McGann, outside of the little snippets that he's appeared in already, uh, would be the TV movie. Um, yeah. Okay, kicking off from 2005, Doctor Who has just landed back on our screens and Chris Reckleston is rocking and rolling. For that Doctor, Jordan, your pick I am denied between The Unquiet Dead and Father's Day, but I think I'm going to have to go for Father's Day. Bugger. Bugger. <laughs> I can go for The Unquiet Dead if you'd like. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about Father's Day that I just really like. And it's, I think it's the first time that Doctor sort of explores the, the consequences of travelling through time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Um, my pick was The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances, two-parter. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Um, so in, <laughs> I can, you can't see this, listener, but I've got some, some faces looking at me like with the bugger, like you've picked the thing. Um, but the, the atmosphere and the writing in this one, superb. So um, old mothbag when he was writing for Who before he was showrunner, crafted an amazing story for this two-parter. It's got a great cast in it, and um, it's eerie, it's creepy, and it's uh, just more than anything, Eccleston and John Barrowman together are very good. So it's a very good performance from those two. Maria? Uh, yeah, you stole my thunder, really, Gary, because I <laughs> I am denied, actually. Um, I was going to pick Father's Day originally, but um, I did go in the end for The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. I think you're right. The atmosphere is superb. Um, John Barryman, you know, he's such a young-looking uh, Captain Jack. I mean, he, he looks amazing. Um, it, it's a great story and it is very creepy. I mean, that child never loses its creep every time I watch that story. You know, I still get the chills, um, you know, when he's at the door and, um, and you know, and some of the other stuff that he does as well throughout the story. So, and it's got a really uplifting ending as well. You know, everybody mm. lives you know how fantastic is that it it's kind of let's let's put you through the hell but let's give you a happy ending at the end of it and and you know and the doctor dances you know <laughs> you can't complain it's very true the clues in the name yeah hmm. matt of a similar ilk, I was going to go with The Empty Child, Doctor Dances. So just this once rules, everybody lives. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry for anyone from the north that just heard me. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go with Parting of the Ways. I think it's brilliant. Um, Bad Wolf and the Parting of the Ways. Absolutely brilliant final. First final um, showstopper two-parter um from the marvelous mind of rtd and what a final it was absolutely brilliant um john barrowman billy piper and chris freckleston all fantastic performances good stuff adam 
Yeah, I absolutely adore Bad Wolf, Partner of the Ways. Um, I just think it's brilliant. I also think Dalek is worthy of someone dipping in. Yes. But I've got to go with you guys with Empty Child Doctor Dances. I think mm-hmm. it's just uh, an absolute modern classic. I think it's a, a brilliant story written by the Mothball. Um, yeah, it's a great two-parter, and I think it it just edges slightly up to the top for me. But it's difficult. But all of those are, are, are great, I think, all of those stories. They are. Yeah, it's a great first. When you look back on it, it's a great first series, isn't it? It is. From yeah, Chris. it really yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Matt Smith, the 10th Doctor. Oh, sorry, Matt Smith. Crikey. Yeah. <laughs> I think I need some coffee. No more booze for him. Yeah. <laughs> David Tennant, the 10th Doctor. Jordan, your pick. Uh, I've gone for Tooth and Claw. I think oh, it's cool. an overlooked classic. I think I the, the scene where the bloke turns into the werewolf is actually quite scary. Um, I think Pauline Collins is brilliant as Queen Victoria. Yeah. yeah. And I think it is a, just a genuinely fun run around. You know, there's not a lot of stakes in it, um, but it's a genuinely fun sort of almost first run around for David Tennant. Um, yeah. I just think yeah. it's brilliant, Tooth and Claw. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. That's very cool. And isn't it the setup for Torchwood? Yeah, the house is like tortured house or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. Okay, dude. Yeah, that was an unexpected one. Uh, my pick for this one is another two-parter, and that is Human Nature and the Family of Blood. So this, for me, is one of my fave Tennant stories. <laughs> Very short and sweet for me, just because David Tennant acts his socks off throughout all of this one. And it's a very good, creepy story anyway. So, yeah, one of my faves from from old Tennant. Maria. You've been looking at my list, Gary, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I mean, I think it's the first time that it's been explored what it would be like for the Doctor to be human. And I just love the whole premise of it. I love the idea of, uh, you know... Th- you've got the sec uh you've got sorry not the sec first world war coming uh coming soon so it's kind of set in that very kind of tense um pre-war years um you know there's lots of there's lots of commentary about you know the public schools class system war you know there's lots of commentary in there and and it's also got that story about you know what is it like if the doctor's human what happens to him you know how does he come back from that as well so i, I think it's a fantastic story i mean the premise of it is amazing and it's just so well acted you know mm-hmm. as you said david tennant kind of he 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 just out outclasses what he normally does as a doctor and that switch that he does between the two is fantastic yes agreed yeah matt Right, I'm not letting any of you look at my answer sheet anymore. Um, I also had Human Nature, Family of Blood. Um, I just think Tennant is, yeah, he's off the chart. He's amazing. Um, but in which case, I'm going to go the three loose three-parter of Turn Left, Stolen Earth, and Journey's End. Okay. Absolutely. Nice. Yep. Amazing. Um, it, it was the Marvel Cinematic Universe before the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, which annoys me greatly that they say Doctor Who should do something like this. And I'm saying, well, they've learned, they've watched it. It was us first. Um, but it's just amazing. The whole thing's amazing. Um, 
uh, everything that you could want. The cliffhanger on Stolen Earth. I remember watching that live, and um, yeah, I was I almost just shouting at the telly, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was a showstopper, brilliant, good stuff. And Adam. Yeah, Tennant had some great cliffhangers, didn't he? I'm thinking I, I was like that during Utopia, Matt. I remember when the master locked him out the TARDIS and that being like, just could mm. not wait for the, for the for the next week to come. Uh, I, I had pitch human nature family play because I think it's brilliant. Um, so I'll go with, because we were originally going to do two stories for each doctor, we, we, which really would have been a four-hour podcast if we'd have <laughs> gone ahead with that. So I have got others written down. So I am going to go with um, Waters of Mars. Uh, which was my sort of second choice. I think it is phenomenal. The title of Victorious bit at the end, it gives me shivers every time. Once again, David just acting his blimmin' socks off. Uh, <laughs> it's such a good story. So I'll go with Waters of Mars. Yeah, that's a good shout, that one, dude. Very cool. Yeah. Okie dokie. Now on to Matt Smith, then. The 11th Doctor. Jordan, over to you. Uh, I've gone for, this one's a bit out of the box, The God Complex. Um Ooh. I watched it on my rewatch recently and I was actually very impressed by how intelligent it is. Um, I think it's one, it's one that will make you think, Mm. Um, you know, and I think it's quite a dark sort of twist that the doctor has to make people lose faith in him. So it sort of pinches a little bit from the curse of Fenric, but I think as Matt Smith is not my favorite doctor, I was, pleasantly surprised by rewatching the god complex okay yeah nice that's a weird one as well that kicks off weird doesn't it where they land in that weird yeah. hotel old school hotel and there's a minotaur knocking about i sort stuff. of i was quite yeah. like how it sort of starts off and you feel like you should be in the middle of it yes yeah mm. yeah good shout on that one i hadn't considered that one the god complex very cool my pick is vincent and the doctor for this one um just because uh, i think there's been a few times where watching through the matt smith stuff there's been a bit of an emotional wallop as you're watching through his stuff but that one for me um it's just it, the, the the run up to that bit at the end in the museum is just so good and matt smith is lovely in it and the guy playing vincent's really good um uh he was it uh tony curran really really cool and then that last sort of 10 minutes it's just oh it just whacks you in the in the heartstrings and it's a lovely episode so there's some actually some very cool matt smith episodes i had on the list but i whittled it down to to that one so vincent and the doctor for me the music at the end there oh yeah the music yeah you couldn't pick better music for that reveal no no brilliant yes um Maria, your pick. Okay, so if I wanted to cry, I would have actually picked Vincent and the Doctor as well, but because I don't want to cry and I want to have a good time, I actually went for Matt Smith's first story, which is The Eleventh Hour. Um, I just I just love it. There's just something about it. The idea of the Doctor being in a little village and there's all these different things going on. You've got... Um, You've got an, the alien in Prisoner Zero, which I think is really cleverly done. Um, I, and I just love the humour in it. And, um, you know, Amy isn't my favourite companion by any means, but I just love the way she's introduced into the story. Um, you know, the raggedy man, the kind of the, the magical element that 
you know, is there even from the beginning of the era. Um, and there was something else I was going to say, and I completely forgot what it was. <laughs> but yeah, I picked I picked the eleventh hour. I, I think it's a great introduction for Matt Smith. Um, and it, it's a great story. It's one that I've watched quite a few times. I I, I love it. Good pick that one. Yeah, it's a great story actually. The eleventh hour, uh, Matt. Uh, I am going to go quite out there with the girl who waited. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, because I think it, it really shows, well, mainly because of the fantastic performance that, um, Karen Gillan, uh, shows in, um, the two sides of Amy, um, the heartbreak of Rory having to choose. He can't choose um, because he loves Amy for Amy. Um, but the, also the darkness of the Doctor seeping through, you know, making that choice. Um, I think, yeah, it, it's it's a very complicated, emotionally complicated episode um, of, of, you know, who who lives and who dies. But, um, yeah, it, it's thought-provoking. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, it's a good show, that one. Yeah, I've not seen that one in a while either. I have to get around to that when I get to the old Matt Smith rewatch when I get the Blu-rays delivered, I suppose. <laughs> uh, Adam, your pick. Yeah, I like uh, Yeah, I like the fact you've picked out a couple of curveballs there, Jordan, Matt, because God, God Complex I haven't watched in a while and Girly Waited I haven't watched in a while, so I actually really feel like watching them because Matt Smith's my favourite Doctor uh, from the new series. I love him, but when I looked down the list of episodes... I was sort of surprised and disappointed that very few actually jumped out at me as being that good. Uh, like I love him, but I just looking at the stories thinking she didn't have that many great stories. Um, so I'm going to give God complex a, a rewatch and girly weight. And the two that I chose were Vincent and the doctor and the 11th hour, which just stand out to me as being great episodes. But yeah, Matt, I think was dealt a bad hand, you know, when I looked for his list of episodes, there's, there's someone there that just are not that good. But those two are. Vince, Vince the Doctor's great, and Eleventh Hour I think is really good. Shows the power of his uh, acting potential that, that that even some of the ones that he had nothing to work with, he still made a good episode from just you know his performance. Yeah, that that's mm. very true. Because when I watch an episode like the the Angels in Manhattan and stuff, which is not that great. Um, he kind of holds it together. Like it, mm. I always find I enjoy him in a story more than the story with a lot of his ones. So, but Vincent, the doctor is beautiful. I'll give you, I, I've got to go with that. It's a beautiful episode. It is indeedy. Mm. It's yes. interesting that we haven't actually picked any of the kind of arc heavy stories that uh, Matt Smith had with the silence and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think you're, I think you're right, Adam. I had to look at the list of Matt Smith stories and I, I was struggling a little bit because I, you know, it, the, the seasons kind of really varied so much in in tone and um you know and story i mm. I, I couldn't really find lots of consistent stories for him same considering mm. how much i love his doctor when i looked at the list i was like god there's actually not much <laughs> jumping out at me here considering how great he is i think but yeah story wise yeah yeah no no you mean dude yeah had the same same thing looking through the list Mm. okie dokie and let's go to the 12th doctor now so mr capaldi jordan your pick still i was a bit like adam with this one i peter capaldi is my favorite modern doctor but when i was looking at his stories there weren't that many that i thought oh actually that's a very good story 
So I've probably gone for the same one that everybody is going to go for. Um, but I've gone for World Enough and Time and The Doctor Falls. Mm. Um, mm. I th- not only is that a very good Cyberman story and it brings back sort of the original Cybermen, Michelle Gomez is fantastic in it as Missy. John Sim kind of, for me, gets to redeem himself from... Um, I'm not a huge fan of him with Russell Davis. So his master kind of redeems himself for me. Bill Potts is a fantastic companion. I don't like Matt Lucas, but he's fantastic in this. And Peter Capaldi is absolutely phenomenal in this story. Um, And it really sort of hammers home who the Doctor is, I think. There's the wonderful speech where he says, I don't do things because it's easy, but I do it because it's right. And it's mm. it's such a fantastic speech, um, but yeah, world enough in time and the Doctor falls. I think for me, mm. okay, yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's not a bad two parter actually, is it? In the end, um, okay, my pick is a single story, and it is Mummy on the Orient Express mm. for Mister Capaldi. I think this one is a great fun watch just to dip into um, a nice Capaldi story without having to worry about. Um, the the Clara stuff that all went on early on, um, you know, it doesn't require your brain cells to tick over too much. You can sit back and enjoy this one. It's pretty good, and Frank Skinner's very good in it as Perkins, and visually it looks very good as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun story this one for Capaldi because I feel like Capaldi's era was bogged down a little bit with very very serious stuff a lot. So this is a good um a good fun one. Maria, your pick. Uh, Okay, I was going to go for Mummy on the Orient Express because I think you're right. That's quite a good fun watch. I don't know if it's a fun watch, but it's a good watch. Um, And I love the idea of the countdown. But I'll go for the other Jamie Matheson story, Flatline, because I really enjoyed that story as well. I thought it was kind of really innovative, innovative ideas. Um, It was quite creepy. Um, set in the modern day, and I, I love the idea of um, the little tiny TARDIS and the, do- and the doctor with his hand and everything. Um, you know, um, that was quite funny. So, um, yeah, I'll go for Flatline. Cool. Matt? Oh, I didn't think anyone was going to pick that. Ugh. Um, I'll tell you what, Sorry, I will... <laughs> um, I'm going to go the... Zygon inversion slash invasion. Um, but it might be, I suppose, uh, I, I didn't go with that one originally because it's a bit, you, it's a bit arc um, dependent. You do need to have seen the day of the doctor. Um, but I mean, it's a great watch. It's a really great watch. Um, I love all the, the underground Zygon scenes and um, the, the, the speech that Capaldi gives Man, that's like one of his best. Um, yeah, great writing. Um, Car- uh, Clara gets a little bit um, annoying to me at the end when you know it's um, it's more is she the Doctor or Clara? But then again, I suppose that's the, uh, that's what they were trying to do. Um, but yeah, great story. Yeah, nice one. That's a really cool two-parter, actually. You know, I enjoy that one. And the bonus with watching that two-parter is that it's followed up by one of Capaldi's best ever stories. So you can look forward to that one afterwards, which is Sleep No More. 
So, I can't believe you didn't pick that. And back on with that one. Yeah. All good. Adam, your pick. Yeah, I mean, I had a similar problem uh, with Capaldi as I did with Matt Smith, and that I think he's absolutely brilliant as the Doctor, even if he's a bit uneven every season. They seem to try to change him to, to you know, they didn't quite know what to do with his Doctor, but I, I think he's great as the Doctor. But again, some of his stories are not that great. Um, so I kind of picked the ones that you've all picked. Mummy was the one that I'd recommend to someone if they hadn't seen any of his stories. I think he's superb in that. It's a fun a watch. Um, if I was to say a story that I thought personally was really good, it would be the Zygon two-parter, uh, mm. which I haven't watched for a while, but I remember really liking at the time um, and really thinking it was good. And like you said, the speech at the end is phenomenal. So yeah, I'll go with Mummy and Zygon as the two that I would pick as standouts cool. from his era. Yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's round this out then with The Last Doctor, the 13th. Mm-hmm. Jodie Whittaker, Jordan, your pick. Uh, this is quite easy for me. I think I'm going to have to go with The Haunting of Villa Diodati. Diodati. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Shelley, Lord Byron, Dr. Polidori, the, uh, you know, created some of the best Gothic fiction and characters and you know, worlds. Um, the Lone Cyberman is genuinely the most terrifying that he ever is. There's the bit where he picks the baby up and you think, oh my God, is he, you know, is Dog Joe actually going to, you know, is he going to kill this baby or not? That was horrible. Um, yeah. That's a really dark moment. Dark. And I yeah. think Jodie Whittaker is genuinely very good in this story. I think she's someone, that if she's got a very good script, she's fantastic. Um, but yeah, the haunting of Villa Diodati is Diodati is brilliant. Okay, that's a good pick. Uh, that was on my list actually, but I'm not going to go with that one. I'm going to go with the woman who fell to earth, Jodie's first story. Um, and I go into it too much. We haven't got time. But the main reason why I've picked that one is because it feels like it was a good path to set that doctor on. Whether they stuck to that path or not, in my opinion is another story but i think it is a very good setup story for that doctor and i think jody in her first performance as a doctor is very good um as that so very different thoughts about how her doctor panned out over the over the years after that but that first story is very very cool and i love um bradley walsh in that one as well um yeah very good so the woman who fell to earth the jody's first one maria Oof. Um, okay, Oof. I was a little bit stuck with with Jodie's Doctor. Um, I mean, there could have been a few that I picked, but I, in the end, I went for um, one of the Flux chapters, which was Village of uh, the Angels. Um, I just thought that was a really creepy um, episode, um, and I just I just loved the whole atmosphere of it. It actually genuinely gave me some creepy moments and um you know and it's got a fantastic kind of um uh conclusion as well so um that was my choice yeah but i i struggled a bit with her doctor trying to find some stories that i would pick (laughs) i I thought you would somehow yeah maria uh matt (laughs) your pick for jody I, I'm I'm glad Maria said Village of the Angels because I was very torn on that one because I think that's the best personally I think that's the best the Angels have ever been. They were genuinely 
terrifying. And and when um, the Doctor turns into an angel, um, brilliant. But you do have to kind of watch the rest of Flux. So I went with Spyfall. Um, I really like Spyfall massively because of Sasha Dwan. Um, I think he personally, and I, it's a controversial choice because there's Delgado, I think he's my favourite master. Um, he is good. He's just yeah. brilliant. He's he's amazing. And I, I don't know if he will, but I, I really hope RTT keeps him on for the next season. But I, I, whether or not the master shows up at all, because he featured quite heavily in Jody's run. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see more of him. Um, I know he's got an audio series coming out, but um, I'd love to see more of him on screen as well. Uh, and and the the whole the whole concept, um, especially the plane cliffhanger, great. Uh, the whole thing was was brilliant. Agreed. Yeah, that was a not not a bad story that one. Yeah, mm. and he was the highlight for me as well. Uh, okay, Adam, last up, dude. Yeah, last up. Yeah, I think if you were sort of recommending episodes to someone who hadn't watched any of. Jodie's era, I think the ones you mentioned are pretty good. I think Spyfall jumps to mind as one that people would find as an enjoyable, easy watch. But for me personally, it wasn't like one that I particularly stood out. I, I just remember liking um, Demons of the Punjab uh, as a story. I remember liking that mm. one. I, I think it was slightly disappointing how the resolution to it with them turning out to be these really cool looking villains but they weren't villains i don't know um so that did fall a bit flat at the end so i did struggle with this one a little bit uh so i remember like in demons of punjab but i guess village of the angels spyfall um would be fun ones for people to watch if they were new to joe era. i think so maybe okay. we should go for spyfall because that would that was quite a fun two-parter yeah. for somebody who hadn't watched any of the era uh, nobody, I can't believe nobody a... picked orphan 55 yeah, well, <laughs> along with that, I was going to say, I, I can't, <laughs> can't believe you haven't, none of you have picked Kablam. What's going on? I love Kablam. I think it's like one of Kablam. her, I think it's one of her strongest in season 11. Um, obviously, not beating the Battle of Ranscore of Coloss. Nothing could be. Because that's just peak <laughs> uh, disappointment. I, I mean, enjoyment. Um, <laughs> but but Ranscore no, was, sorry. No, Kablam. I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. it was just I was just going to say, Ro- Rosa was one that at the time I really thought was strong. Yeah, um, but Rosa's I think good. going back and rewatching it, it's got a few issues that have kind of, it's not as good as I remember it. I just remember the first time I watched it thinking it, it was really powerful, but it's sort of lost its edge to me. Because I think Rosa was one I was expecting one of you to say, but yeah. I was thinking about it. Um, mm. But yeah, it, the other one, yeah was more enjoyable it was rose is still a good episode for me but yeah the other one's just yeah. i enjoyed it more yeah i think the time agent just falls a bit flat in oh rosa. yeah yeah a that's bit. right that's yeah, the it thing does. isn't it it's the time agent um yeah, yeah as far as rose uh, part storyline brilliant yeah. really really well acted and performed but um yeah mm. as far as historical go, that one. yeah mm. not too bad Wow, that was a good old a good old roundup as we rattled through all the um, <laughs> doctors. We'll have to do it all over again in a year or two time, a year or two time when we go through tenants come back and then uh, shooties doctor. We'll have to have to do it for those as well. But mm. whew, that was a good one. So some amazing picks there. So listener, if you've not dived into your rewatch yet, or you've not even watched any of these ones, especially from the classic years. Get your pen and paper out, knock them all down. I'll stick them in the show notes as well, each of our picks and everything, uh, and go through them. You will not be 
not be disappointed. These bunch of dudes here, they know their Doctor Who inside and out and back to front. So they've picked out some amazing stories for you to uh, to, to crack into. Yeah. And I think on that note, we will end it there for the September Roundtable. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you very much for joining us for the September Roundtable as we gathered the team with a, a beverage of their choice. I'm not going to comment if it was alcoholic or not, not my place to say. And then we cracked through all of our recommendations for uh, all of the doctors. Um, sorry, McGann, um, yours was the default that we had to go with, but uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll do a big finish recommendation episode one day and then we'll have a, a much larger pool of McGann stories to pick but um yeah some great choices there dudes thank you very much for uh for putting the time in for your recommendations and so on and uh yeah <laughs> um we will see you next month for the next round table in the meantime make sure that you are following and subscribing to this podcast on your podcast app of choice give us a like or a follow there so you won't miss an episode where at the moment they land every month until we crack on with some newer Who and That Lands later on. Uh, you can also listen for free over on the website, which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk, and you can read all of the reviews and articles from this lot over there as well. So uh, head over there and get stuck in. Also, check out Adam's channel over on YouTube. It's The Geek's Handbag. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, a couple of new videos dropped at last. Indeed. I'll, I'll do about two a year now. Yeah, target books. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, very nice, yeah. Okay, let's wrap this up. Are we going to do these Alonzi's? Right, here we go. Thank you for listening. Take care. And remember... Because we've all just I'm not muting anything. I'm not muting anything. <laughs> we, we, we 